You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. The first time I heard about wild pigs, they were a meme. If you're someone who spends a lot of time online, you might remember a joke about 30 to 50 feral hogs invading a suburban lawn being used as justification for the owner toting a powerful automatic rifle. The second time I heard about wild pigs, that meme didn't seem so funny anymore. Here in the hamlet of Claremont, a bit of an unusual sight in recent weeks. Residents have reported seeing more than a dozen wild boars roaming the area. They destroy crops, eat pretty much anything they can find, and can transmit swine fever to wildlife and humans alike. They are the worst invasive large mammal on the planet. Recently, a group of wild pigs were sighted not that far from where I live, in the greater Toronto area. The fact that they are beginning to show up in Ontario and beginning to show up near urban centres should alarm anyone who has been paying attention to what they've been doing in the prairies for the past several years. This is an animal that's been described as one of the most invasive species on Earth. It does terrible damage to farms and to ecosystems and even to people if they're cornered or in some cities around the world where they seem to be everywhere. So what makes wild pigs or feral hogs so dangerous, so tough to hunt or catch and eradicate? How have they spread so far and so fast? And uh, what are we doing about it? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Omar Mosley is a journalist with the Toronto Star based in Edmonton. Hey, Omar. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for making the time for us. Thanks for having me. Why don't you begin um, by telling me what happened to Bob Brickley 20 years ago? That's kind of where this starts, right? Yeah, I thought it was a good place to start. So uh, Bob Brickley is a farmer in southeast Saskatchewan. And he was telling me about a day when, uh, you know, it was a peaceful day on the prairies where he was uh, combining wheat, you know, just hauling grain with his wife. And uh, they see these, these, these black creatures on the horizon. And uh, they look like pigs, but they're certainly not the, the pigs they're used to. You know, this, this family is uh, well acquainted with domestic pigs because uh, his, his wife had a, a farmer in the family who raised pigs. And so they see these things and they resemble pigs, but they are very different than what they're used to. They're aggressive looking, they're mean looking, they're hairy and they're black. So they knew they weren't the, the kind of pigs they were regularly used to. So uh, from the story, from what I remember, they were able to shoo them off, but they came back quite soon. And uh, they were picking on their animals and uh, eating their grain and, and just basically causing devastation to their farm uh, over the course of several weeks and months. And uh, this farmer realized, hey, if I don't do something about these, these wild pigs, which they eventually realized is that that's what they were, uh, you know, this is going to have a devastating effect on my farm. So... So Bob Brickley decided to, to team up with some other farmers who were facing similar issues with these wild feral pigs and uh, try and do something about it. What did they do? Uh, well, they, they formed basically uh, a group. It's called the, the Saskatchewan Moose Mountain Wild Boar Eradication Team. So these are a bunch of farmers who are uh, well acquainted with hunting. And, you know, they had spoken to their local officials. And this is a fairly rural area. So you're going to have like, a, you know, a reeve or uh, a member of provincial parliament here called uh, MLAs. Right. 
that's going to be, you know, overseeing a land of like, you know, quarter of the province, uh, huge, huge areas, right? Because it's sparsely populated. So it wasn't that easy for them to get the attention of their local politicians. And so they decided to essentially do this on their own. They said, we're going to go hunt these pigs. We'll just kill them until they all disappear. And they quickly realized that was not going to be the easiest approach. Why not? Um, these are experienced farmers. And how many pigs could we be talking about here? Uh, well, at the time, he had counted uh, just over a dozen. But um, they learned they were they were breeding quite prolifically. So the issue with hunting wild pigs, uh, there's kind of a laundry list. But the biggest issue is that they breed so prolifically. So you could take out, you know, maybe five or ten but uh, you don't know if, if, if there's more piglets on the way. Uh, the other issue is that they're extremely cunning and smart. So uh, these pigs know how to hide. They're not easy to find. Uh, they typically dig into like the roots and the mud to, to find their food. So they're, so they're very good diggers and they can actually hide under like the foliage and leaves and, and mud. So you can't actually find them that easily. And uh, the problem is if you try and shoot them and they scatter and they get away, they they become much much more cunning towards trappers, so, so they know they they actually become more resilient and smarter huh. in terms of, of of being hunted. Like they they learn and they learn different strategies and, and how to evade hunters. So um, yeah, they're they're just really smart creatures, and they're not easy to get your your hands or your rifle on. It sounded to me for a minute like you were talking about the raptors from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some resemblances, certainly in terms of intelligence. Um, I've been told. Pigs are about the, like equally as smart as dogs, or if not smarter. I'm going to get you to fast forward 20 years in in just a minute. But first, when we're talking about these original wild pigs in Saskatchewan, do we know where they came from, or at least where they likely came from? Yes. So they they were brought here by uh, by farmers. Essentially, what happened is they were brought from Europe. Uh, the actual original breed is called the Eurasian wild boar. And they took these Eurasian wild boars, uh, which which kind of looks like the boar you might remember from The Lion King. Uh, you know, it has tusks. They're brownish, blackish, uh, hairy back. And uh, they crossbred them with domestic pigs uh, because domestic pigs, people don't realize, are are, are huge. Like right. the ones on the farms can, can reach like 800 pounds uh, because they're bred to be really, really fat. So, you know, more meat. Uh, so what happened was like the feral pigs are, are maybe only 300, 400 pounds, but you breed them with these domestic pigs and they're reaching like 600 pounds. And so what happened was farmers realized they weren't that easy to actually raise. Uh, it turns out they're quite aggressive and they kind of overestimated the market for uh, wild pig meat. So a lot of these farmers just let them go, uh, said, you know, what, you're, you're not worth raising and then literally just opened the you know their fences and let them run free, and some others escaped because they don't really like being fenced in, mm-hmm. and and so that's how you saw this population uh, start to get out from farms, primarily in Alberta and Saskatchewan, and uh, make their way to Manitoba and kind of really establish themselves in in the prairies. So now, twenty years later, do we have any idea how many of these wild pigs are in Canada and and how far their territory, I guess, stretches? There's no firm number. There's been more than 60,000 sightings. So, you know, the two people who really helped me with this article, uh, Ryan Brook and Ruth Asham at the University of Saskatchewan, were, were able to actually map out the population of wild pigs in Canada. And so 
Um, these 60,000 sightings are not unique. They could be duplicates. Uh, so they, they were even able to say, like, you know, we really don't have a firm number on how many there are in Canada, but certainly thousands. One of the researchers said in the southeast of Saskatchewan, where Bob Brickley happens to live, he believes there's more there than the rest of Canada. And they're like really highly concentrated in that one corner of, of Saskatchewan. But overall, it's hard to say, but certainly in the thousands. Now, we've kind of talked a bit about uh, why they're so difficult to hunt and and why they escaped. Why are they considered an invasive species? Like, what's so bad about them? Uh, well, there's, uh, you know, an old expression that pigs will eat anything. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Snatch. Right. <laughs> uh, but they do literally eat anything <laughs> and everything. And it causes problems, you know. Like, for example, they were recently spotted in Elk Island National Park uh, east of Edmonton. And that was quite concerning because, you know, the bison there are, uh, it's quite a unique park in a sense. And they're not going to start attacking bison. But the, the bigger issue is them attacking the food and just sort of destroying the ecology of the local wildlife. And, and they just sort of, they're, they're, they're described as ecological train wrecks. They just attack and eat anything and everything they can. What about um, with humans? Will they physically attack humans? How dangerous are they if, you know, somebody encounters one? It's extremely rare, but it has happened. Uh, there was one case in Texas where a woman was killed by by a, a group of them. Uh, typically, they like to keep to themselves, but they have been described as aggressive to me. Like, you know, one of the hunters who I interviewed, Bob, he, he told me one ran at him when they cornered it, and uh, he described them as being quite aggressive. But generally, you know, they're, they're not interested in humans, and that is not, that's not the primary threat that they pose. Generally, the, the bigger threat is, is to, to wildlife. I realized that 20 years ago, um, it might have been tough for Bob and his friends to get the attention of the local MLA. But what about in the years since, as you know, researchers have been kind of ringing the bells and as it's become clear that these things are proliferating? What have governments, if anything, tried to do to get a, a handle on this? Yeah, you, you see kind of this piecemeal approach to doing something about this in Canada. Uh, one of my really helpful sources for this story um, was the USDA in the United States because they've really made this a huge priority in terms of tackling this and then they've committed a lot of money from Congress. Whereas in Canada, you don't see that just yet. Uh, the provinces of British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba have all kind of taken varying approaches to to how to do this. You've seen things like uh, offering bounties, sports hunting, mm. um, essentially saying you don't need a license to, to kill wild pigs, just free reign, uh, hunting of wild pigs. Those approaches have not been very successful. Uh, and in fact, you know, going back to them learning, if you if you try and hunt them down and they escape and then becoming more cunning, uh, it actually has the potential to increase the population of these wild pigs because they just get more and more uh, resistant to being caught. So uh, you're seeing provinces do things like uh, ground trapping, uh, aircraft surveillance, what they're doing above Elk Island National Park, trail cameras, drones. They, they say you need a kind of a toolbox approach. Uh, one of the interesting and funny things, the story that uh, the researcher told me was that they really like strawberry. Uh, like So they're really into strawberry jello. Huh. 
and like strawberry sauce. Yeah, they, they just they have this amazing sense of smell, and they absolutely love strawberries. Uh, so yeah, the, the provinces are doing different things. Uh, a lot of what you'll see is these kind of hot hotlines. You know, call in uh, if you see a pig. Right. Uh, squeal, squeal if you see a pig. You know, Alberta had a pilot project that ended. Uh, Saskatchewan and BC and Manitoba seem to be all taking it seriously, and now Ontario is also dedicating funds and resources to trying to eradicate this. And it's quite early. It's in the early stages in Ontario. So some people are quite impressed that Ontario is actually um, taking this really seriously. I wanted to ask you about Ontario because uh, one of the researchers in your piece, I believe, said that, you know, it's it's going to be really important to study what happens now because this is kind of like the vanguard of their approach. What do we know about uh, how far they've spread into Ontario and, and what could happen? Well, Ontario is interesting because, uh, because of the GTA and you don't really have anywhere in Canada with that level of urban sprawl and, and population density. They were recently spotted in Pickering, which, you know, is right in the fringes of, of Toronto. And that was quite alarming um, because people are saying, well, once they're in Toronto, at that point, if they're going to be penetrating a city of 2.81 million or 2.8 million and, uh, you know, a, a greater area of like 7, 8 million, you know, they can really survive anywhere. It, it seems like they haven't really established wild populations in Ontario. It's believed that those ones that were running around Pickering uh, escaped from a farm. But it doesn't take much for that to happen, right? And so I think Ontario and the GTA will be an interesting case study because if they get established in an area with that many people living, um, it just shows that, you know, just how good they are at, at um, be, being able to really tailor their approach to that particular population. Like they're going to be eating out of garbage cans and stuff and just just finding everything they need. So, Well, tell me what that looks like uh, in other cities around the world and, and what happens when these things get into a really dense urban population. Do we have examples? Yeah, I, I'm told uh, Hong Kong has a huge problem with them. The researcher in my story said they actually chase people down and knock them over for their groceries in some cases, uh, which was which was fascinating to me. And you, you know they seem they seem to be able to, you know, change their approach to what they need to do to survive wherever they are. Like if you've got them living in the prairies and the fields of the prairies, but also on the fringes of cities, uh, you know these guys are are very very smart and. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if you start seeing them interact with humans in the greater Toronto area, like we're hearing happens in Hong Kong. I also want to ask you about uh, a viral tweet, not yours, not mine. Um, but I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, there was a, a country rock singer who was talking about why nobody needs to own, you know, automatic rifles like an AK-47 or whatever. And the viral reply to that was a man who said, you know, I need this AK-47 to protect my children from the 30 to 50 feral hogs that will run into my yard while she's playing. Everybody laughed at that after reporting this story. Right. <laughs> what do you think of it? Honestly, it, it, it doesn't seem uh, that far from the realm of possibility. Like the way Bob described these things was that like he described them as like a horde of of these just vicious very stubborn, stubbornly resistant uh, animals that just kept coming back to his farm and attacking the grain and attacking the cattle. He told me the story about how his how his cows were crying uh, for like hours on end because they were so scared of these pigs coming back. And like honestly, it, it, you know, Bob was such a great 
uh, conduit to tell the story through because, you know, he's this guy in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan, but it also just became like his life mission to, to take these things down and to eradicate them from the area. And, um, you know, the level of dedication was just really impressive, but it also showed, you know, how resilient these things are and how, you know, he basically said you have to become completely obsessed with it um, in order to, to actually make a dent in their population. And he certainly did. So, you know, I don't put it past anyone who, uh, who really feels like these, these, uh, these pigs are a serious threat to their livelihood and to their lives. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if people, like in Saskatchewan, it's, it's like a, it's like a hobby now. It's like a pastime. Let's go hunt feral pigs. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, these, these people are, are really serious about protecting their farms and I can't blame them one bit. Omar, thank you so much for this. A pleasure to talk to you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Omar Mosley of the Toronto Star. That was The Big Story. For more from us, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca or find us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. You can always email us, thebigstorypodcast, that is all one word, at rci.rogers.com. And you can find us in your favorite podcast player whenever you need a fresh daily news podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.